Lights, camera, action. I'm Graydon, and I'm your guide through the deep dive into the world of movies right here on the Director's Club, exclusively right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Check down below for all of our social media point, all of our social media areas down there. Check out our website at bloodlinenetwork.com, where we have amazing articles up there every single day. So, and also follow me, Graydon, as well. All my socials are down below as well, too. I just want to say this. You never know, like this movie that I'm talking about today. There's a ton of Easter eggs there. You never know what type of Easter eggs I might have hidden somewhere during this stream. And remember to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, and hit that bell notification for more videos and when we go live right here on this network. And without further ado, let's dive in. First of all, I'm going to give you guys the synopsis of the first movie, Into the Spider-Verse. Then I'm going to give you the synopsis to Across the Spider-Verse, the one we're talking about tonight. And then I'm going to give you my thoughts on it. And then I'm going to give you my ratings. You know, is it too sweet or is it too sour? So without further ado, let's dive in. But first, I'm going to check out the chat, see who's here tonight. Watching. We got here. Ah, we got here. We got here, De Niro. What's up, man? Thanks for the shorts you do to promote everything on here, man. Way to go. Um, what else do we have? We got uh, Tim. What's up, Tim? How are you doing tonight, man? The website's killer. Tim does a lot of great work on that, guys. Check it out. Bloodlightnetwork.com. Let's see. Let's see. We got, we got Dom. What up? Can't wait to hear what you have to say about this one. Yeah. Yeah. And we got, oh, first lady JD. Yay. What's up, JD? How's it going? You're she's killing it every Thursday night right here. As well as her gaming streams as well. Check those out on our Twitch channel as well. 
All that stuff is down in the description below. So without further ado, let's get into the synopsis of the first movie. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway, Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales suddenly develops the mysterious powers that transform him into the one and only Spider-Man, where he meets Peter Parker. He soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, a hulking madman who can open portals to other universes and pull in different versions of Spider-Man into our world. That was the first one, in, Into the Spider-Universe. And notice that those last couple sentences, who can open up portals to other universes and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. So that's going to play into the aspect tonight of this movie that I'm talking about tonight. Dylan, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight, bro? And JD saw, saw Across the Spider-Verse over the weekend. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, I was, um, what's, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight, Devin? Our tribal chief right there. Give him a one's up, everyone in the chat for Devin. Let's do this. Okay. And our boy Streets, Rotoslappers, check that out to, check that out. Fancy baseball, fancy football. Check him his stuff out. He's amazing. All right. And now the second one. Right here. Here's the second one. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. However, when the heroes clash on how to handle the new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders. He must soon redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves the most. All right. So now you guys have the synopsis of the first one and the second one. So the in the synopsis with what I said in the first one, that first one where Kingpin was opening up portals, he had this collider that he was opening up these portals with to try to bring back his wife and kid who died in his universe, trying to bring them back from another one and do that. That's the premise of the villain in this movie. The spot. Don't if you guys don't know anything about the spot, all he is, he's a walking billboard for Acme. That's the easy way to put it. He's a walking billboard for Acme. You know, whenever Wiley Coyote would try and use Roadrunner, he would paint those circles or use those little circle devices that would he would reach in somewhere and do it and grab something. Yes, that's pretty much the spot's powers. He's pretty much a walking billboard for Acme, like I said. <laughs> it's kind of a hilarious villain to kind of put it into a movie like this. But it's a fun one. Let's put it that way. So he was created when that um, collider in the first movie blew up. He was created then. He was working in the lab. Yeah, that he was working in that lab, and he was created during that explosion. He has no face. He has one spot here, and the spot's over it. Miles, the first time seeing him, asking him, are you a Dalmatian? Asking him if he's a freaking Dalmatian or a cow. He goes, no, I'm the spot, and this is what I do. And he's like, he goes, you created me. And Miles wasn't taking him seriously. So the spot in here is trying to make Miles take him seriously as a villain. So that's his arcing storyline in here. Miles in here is missing his friends. You know, his friends from the first movie. Hey, there's Nick from the UW pod. Hey, check out his podcast right here on the network as well. Amazing show right there as well. Okay, so like I was saying, Miles' whole thing is... He misses his friends from what we know in the first movie. You know, Peter Parker, P- 
Peter B. Parker, sorry, Peter B. Parker, because there's a different, because the Peter and Miles Universe died. So this Peter B. Parker ended up becoming his mentor in the first one. We There was him. There's Gwen Stacy. Miles misses them. We had Spider-Man Noir in the first one. We had, in the third one, in, in the first one, we had Peter Porker, Spider-Pig, who was a spider been by a radioactive pig. Um, and then we had Penny Parker, who was the little or who was a little Asian girl who had the big robot. I thought that was a pretty cool one. Penny Parker. So Miles misses his friends. And so for some odd reason, he can't get in touch with them. He hates the fact that they're from different multiverses, different dimensions, and he cannot get a hold of them. It, it, it's crazy like that. The movie opens up with Gwen telling her, telling her story. She's like, Oh, you've heard this one, but how about, let me tell you from my side. And she tells you the story of Miles and how Miles became Spider-Man and her struggles with being the drummer of the band that she was a part of in the first one, the Mary Janes uh, Easter egg right there. The Mary Janes was the name of her band. However, she's struggling with that. Her dad who's still around is Captain Stacy. We all know she, he's a cop played by in the Andrew Garfield ones played by Dan Sleary. So we, we know what happens there in that, those movies. Spider-Gwen, she ends up killing her. We find out what happens to her, Peter. He ta- he gets bullied. Gwen ends up for him. He can't take that anymore. So he drinks his serum. He drinks it. And he be- and then all of a sudden at the school dance, this lizard shows up. So I'm thinking, oh, it's Doc Connors. But then I remembered it's actually Peter. And they and she beats him down and he comes down and she's like, Peter and she's framed spider Gwen's framed for the death of Peter Parker and it rocks her entire world it her dad doesn't trust her anymore because she reveals who she is her dad doesn't trust her anymore yeah <laughs> that's her storyline in this movie you're like oh there's three storylines going on yeah and then remember the end of the first one oh, we had Miguel O'Hara Spider-Man 2099 you know the guy in the blue with the red over it we get his storyline in this where he's the protector of the timeline yes yes i know time travel and superhero movies is a how do i want to say it a macguffin it's a macguffin because of the sole fact of it's used all the time hey the flash movie coming out we have time travel in that movie But here it makes sense in the storyline, and it kind of does it with the Flash too. This one kind of makes sense in here. So he wants to do this. Gwen gets to um, be part of this spider, this world of Spider Man or Spider People, I should say. This group, and Peter P. Parker, Peter Peter B. Parker, we also see is part of this group later on. But Miles is somehow disappointed he can't be in it. Gwen misses her friend. She visits him, which she's not supposed to do because there's anomalies happening and they think it's a spot and that's happening. Boom, boom, boom. So she's there. She meets spouse. They go on an adventure to where the spider world is, where the Miguel set up and we find out what's going on. In this entire spider, I'm not going to spoil it too much in this entire spider people summon thing like the Kane council at the end of um quantumania that we saw we also see here a bunch of different peter a uh, bunch of different spider-mans we see that 
Peter B. Parker, his mentor, Miles' friend and mentor in the first movie, has a child, Mayday Parker, his daughter. Oh, this is kind of cool. You're bringing in Mayday now. That's awesome. We see Ben Riley. For those of you that don't know who Ben Riley is, he's the Scarlet Spider. Ends up becoming Scarlet Spider after he realizes he's not the real Peter Parker. Yeah, in the 90s, the comic books were trying to rebrand superheroes. Uh, so they kind of made Peter Parker not Spider-Man anymore by doing Ben Riley, who ended up being a clone. We, we see the one from the Fantastic Four where he puts a bag on his head. We see that one in here. We see, we see a whole bunch of different ones. And we see... Spider Punk, who's a rock band, who, who who's a guitar playing Spider Man, whose web kind of shoots out of his guitar, which is kind of cool. Hobie Brown is his name. Hobie Brown, played by Daniel Kalua in this movie. Anyways, he's he's there, and it, when you see his animation style, it's amazing because it's completely different from everyone else's. He's like going in and out of colors and everything, and. There's also another character that's kind of similar like that. When we first see Vulture in this movie, he's kind of made out of paper, which I think is kind of cool. I kind of like how they make these different universes look by these Spider-Mans and how you kind of can feel their universe by how this Spider-Man acts and looks. But throughout the course of this, him meeting the Spider thing, we find out the utility motive why Miles wasn't chosen to be part of this. We, we find this out. Meanwhile, while Miles is while Miles is um trying to figure out his own life, he's 15 years old at this point, trying to figure out what he wants to do in his life. He wants to go to Princeton. His mom wants him to stay in Brooklyn. But Miles goes, I could travel. I could figure out a way to travel the multiverse or two different dimensions by doing by going here. This is the top school. Of something I want to do. And he there's this little touching scene when the spot's running and Miles goes to become a Spider-Man. And his dad, being a police lieutenant, almost chief, almost captain, I'm sorry, captain, goes to follow, follow suit. They get zapped through the portals that um Spot does. And there's a touching scene where they're on the standing on top of a bridge. And he's talking, and Miles, in his grown-up voice, tries to talk about, hey, what's your son doing? Like, what's your issues, man? And he's giving him advice, talking to his dad about himself. His dad doesn't even know it. And I kind of found that to be kind of amazing in there. So, in other words, we find out that um, throughout all this, that he's becoming captain. And this is one of what they call canon events in the realms of every Spider-Man's existence. Every Spider-Man has pretty much a stereotypical, stereotypical canon event. Every Spider-Man has been banned by radioactive spider, except for Spider-Ham, who was banned by radioactive. It was a spider banned by a radioactive pig. But they all get absorbed by, they all become super powered. They all become superheroes. That's the premise. That's the canon event of Spider-Man. That it needs to happen. It's kind of like in Flashpoints, there's constants. Well, like in Flash, there's constants in the timeline that you cannot change. That's a constant in this universe that those Spider-Bites have to happen. But <laughs> there's also one other one in here. And if you know your Spider-Man history, you can kind of take a guess what it is. Yes, it's a death of someone you love. 
for Miles. We saw it in the first film with his uncle Aaron. That's a canon event. Although that's not the canon event they were referring to in this movie. And I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to spoil that twist in that movie for you guys. To the point where, like I said in the synopsis here, that he must soon redefine what it means to be a hero and save the people he loves most. His dad's in in jeopardy. His dad is a canon event. His dad's death is a canon event, honestly. I said I wouldn't say it, but I'm going to say it right now. His dad's death is a canon event. So he goes back to try to save his dad, and he does. He uses the machine that is... Yeah, I have to agree, man. It's one of the best ones I've seen, not just from an animated standpoint, but one of the best comic book movies I've seen to date. So he goes into this machine that sends it back to his home dimension, or so we think. For those of you that don't know, the sweater that bit him, that bit Miles, was from Dimension 42, World 42. And so Miles was sent back there, where we, we see at the end of it, his Uncle Aaron's still around. Huh? That's weird. His dad's not around. Okay. And lo and behold, we find out that Miles' dad is dead. This is a world without Spider-Man, because that spider that bit Miles... Somehow got shifted to another dimension. That bit Miles has been in that dimension is Peter Parker. So they're all there. There's no one to protect that world. Because the one in Miles' universe died and was already been his Peter Parker was already bitten. So there was two in that universe that happened in Miles' main universe that happened, and so on and so forth. So we find out that because of this, Miles is an anomaly an anomaly or a what do they call it in Doctor Strange uh, or uh, an incursion an incursion he's an incursion into this dimension he doesn't belong that's why he wasn't chosen as part of the spire group that's why he's being chastised by all these other spare men and spare women I mean it, it's crazy that way so he's in the wrong dimension so Gwen takes it upon herself to form a team. We see all the different Spider-Men that we saw in the first movie, plus a couple others, and they're going to get bring their friend back from where he is. However, however, meanwhile, the spot during all this was happening. The spot was going into these different found out he could travel interdimensionally with his spots. Okay. So he does that, finds and goes to these different colliders, gets himself super powered up, so that way he can become this Miles's greatest villain ever. And then takes it upon himself to do this. And he goes, You created me, I created you. So we're stuck together forever. And that's Miles's dilemma here. He has to save people that he knows and cares about, but yet he can't do it because he's not in his world. And that's where this movie ends because it ends with to be continued. That's where it ends. That was a quick little thoughts on, on the movie. I love the animation style. Like I said, Vulture was made out of paper. Holby Brown is awesome. Jessica Drew in here was awesome. She was pregnant in the movie and rode on a motorcycle. That's kind of cool. We also got the experiment of India patrol I can't say the last name. I butchered it. I'm sorry. 
he's in there and he's awesome because he, his little bang, his little wristbands, he shoots off and then he webs them up and he uses them as like, as like clubbing devices and stuff. That's pretty cool. We see Peter Park car. Yeah, there's a park car. There's a car version of Peter Parker. We see all these different experiments in this world. We see Ben Riley. They tell you in this whole thing. I'm not going to spoil the cameos, the Easter eggs. You guys are going to be shocked by those, <clears throat> by some of them. They tie Sony ties it a lot into this movie, a lot from all their different Spider-Man properties. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's a lot. It's a fun time trying to sit there and point it out. Blah blah blah. Do oh, it's that one or it's that one. I would recommend going to see this a second or third time just to get all those little Easter eggs. Just to see all these different experiments so you guys can pick them out a little bit easier. Or see those little little Easter eggs that are in there. So my thoughts on this movie. This was pretty fun. I had a good time watching this. Um, I was in a theater with a bunch of other people. The parts that were funny, we all laughed. The parts that were serious... It kept us engaged. I, that's all I gotta say. If a movie can keep us engaged, it's a very good movie. Very, 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 very good movie. Because you're at the edge, you're saying, oh, what's going on next? What's going on next? And all the twists and turns, because they're going across the Spider-Verse, across different dimensions, actually pays off in here and sets up for the third part of the trilogy. Yes, the trilogy. And just to let you know, there is no... End credit sequence, so you guys don't have to worry about saying to the end credits. But if you want to to see the entire it's amazing cast list, do so. That's amazing. That's awesome. But in closing, I I just want to say this: if you guys are not fans of Peter Parker, Spider Man, but you loved like Eddie Brock's turn at at the character, or even Ben Riley's take on this, check out the nineteen ninety eight. Um, Spider-Man cartoon show, their last story arc that they did was something similar to the Spider-Verse, where they had all these different Spider-Man. One had Doc Ock arms and everything like this. So you you can see a whole bunch of different things there. But there's one, and I also like the the thing, the little line Miguel O'Hara states in this movie in regards to, uh, what is it? No Way Home. Spider-Man No Way Home. He goes, Doctor Strange and that kid from 1999-99, that world, and causing these incursions, huh, they were messing with stuff they shouldn't have been. I'm going, that's from the MCU. They even tied in the MCU in here, <laughs> which is amazing. So what is my thought? So what's my rating? As you guys know, we either do too sweet, too sour right there, or don't even... Or, or mid-range. So I, I got to say it's about right. It's a too sweet to beat. So you guys, I, I recommend checking this out. If you haven't seen the first one, that's that guy right there, the gold the gold box right there. Um, if you haven't seen the first one, I recommend checking it out before you go see this one. It kind of makes a little more sense if you see that first one and then watch this one. But... I can't wait for March 29th of next year. March 29th of 2024, we're getting the third installment of this called um, Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. So we went into the Spider-Verse in the first one where we learned about it. We went across it in this one and we're going beyond the Spider-Verse. I don't know what that means. Maybe we're dealing with Madame Webb. Maybe we're dealing with the Beyonder. 
Oh, if that's the case, this is opening up a whole can of worms that I can't wait. And there's also here, you guys are hearing this first. There's a rumor going around that Spider-Man 4, the MCU Spider-Man 4, will be a Miles Morales movie. That's why they're doing the second part in 20 in next year in 2024. So that way it's a year exact it's a couple years before they introduce Miles Morales as an actual character. Live action. Which I think would be kind of cool. Because someone different than Peter Parker as Spider-Man. We've known Peter's story. We know how that plays out. I'm saying it right here. Tom Holland Spider-Man is the reason behind all this stuff happening in Miles with Alchemax. If they do that storyline right, you can not only bring in Miles, you can also bring in uh, Miguel O'Hara. I just forgot his name there for a moment. Spider-Man 2099. Who's Spider-Man? Who's Peter Parker? Takes over Stark Industries and becomes evil because oh, of Alchemax, which is the company, big company in this movie, and like in the last one too. So there's those little Easter egg tie-ins with the comic book universe in there as well too. I recommend watching this. As you guys know, I gave it a too sweet. It can't be beat. But anyways, thanks for watching and diving deep. Into the realm of movies. Oh, 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 it's a deep burn. Oh, it's so deep. Ah. I am Graydon. I consider myself a teacher. I am your guide, your teacher, your advocate for movies like this. And remember... You never know what when you see a spider in your house. Don't kill it. You never know. You might get superpowers. You might get superpowers. You might get superpowers. <laughs> but anyways, hope you guys had fun tonight. And I want to thank you all for watching here on the Director's Cut with me. Right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Like I said earlier, all down below is all the socials. Check it out. Great, great stuff going. The fantasy football, fantasy baseball stuff is amazing. All the wrestling podcasts we have, they're amazing. Raw Dog with De Niro, the last 30 minutes of Raw is always entertaining. You do a great job, Mike. Keep it up. Um, all the gaming stuff we do on Twitch is coming that way. Your boy is trying to figure out what he wants to do in that aspect of it, too. He wants to join on Twitch, but he doesn't know yet what he wants to do. So stay tuned for that as well. And stay tuned here next week as I bring you something that is something I grew up with. You've heard of Gen 1. You've heard of the Armada. The movie starred Megan Fox, Shiloh Booth, Mark, uh, Mark Wahlberg. We had a solo film about a VW Beetle. They went... The last night, they went to the dark side of the moon. They had the Revenge of the Fallen. They're all sparks are still teeming and still breathing with them. But this time, what are they going to do when the Predacons show up? That's right. Next week, we're talking Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And I will exactly tell you how this new movie ties into all the other ones. If they tie in or not, if this is a separate universe. We'll figure that out next week, right here on the director's cut. So until then, I'll see you. And as well, remember, all the socials are down below for the bloodline, 
as well as mine. And thanks for watching. And remember to hit that subscribe button, hit that thumbs up, and hit that bell notification. We do post content here on YouTube daily and on a, every other major platform that we stream to. We're, we're there. You, you guys can find us. You can find everything where we go. BloodlineNetwork.com. Find us there as well. Until next time, I'm Graydon. I am the director of movies. I am your advocate. I am your guide deep diving into these films. I'll see you guys here next week. Bye.